This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. We see how the Spirit of God was poured out after Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem. And and then from there, the gospel would soon spread from Jerusalem to Judea to the other most parts of the earth. And even now, as we sit here this morning, there are missionaries in countries that do not have a translation of the word of God that are working on creating a language for the gospel to be written in. Um, they are taking the word of God and translating it into this language that they are creating, creating the written language, because there are languages that are just spoken but not written. And God's word is at work in our world. The Bible says that the word of God is powerful. And so Jesus was the living word, and he came to this earth, And he ministered. But you and I have no less access to the power of God today than the disciples did. Did you know that? Just as much as I could say, like I just did, that I'd love to go find wherever Jesus was ministering and and talk to him there. But the reality is, is there is no limitation. We have the same access to God the Father that the disciples did. In fact, they, looking Jesus in the face, had a tough time handling it, even with Jesus walking around. So much so that Jesus had to say, have I not been with you so long and you have not seen the Father? In other words, their eyes were looking at the natural. And sometimes we can get so caught up in the natural. But what God wants us to be able to focus on are the things that matter most in the spiritual realm. If you would turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the, to the book of John, chapter 13. John, chapter 13. Now, we have a, a couple ordinances in the church, which we were commanded to do. One of them is that we are uh, to baptize those who have made a commitment to follow Christ. Jesus did it, and he said, go and baptize and make disciples. That was what the Lord instructed the church to do. He also said that we are supposed to share communion, and we do that on a regular basis as well. We share communion as a church body, and by doing so, we remember him, we remember his death until he comes again. We're looking forward to the day when he returns. Now, there's another one that some churches actually add as a regular event. Uh, We don't do it here. It wasn't necessarily commanded in Scripture to do it. Uh, But it is one that holds great meaning as well. And this we're going to find in John chapter 13. And it says that before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. And now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. 
Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what, what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I am doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Learning about what God expects of us is one important aspect of our walk with God. But living it out is what really makes the difference. When we talk about missions, you may think about a missionary who goes to another country to tell other people about the good news, and that is a very important part of it. But that's not the only aspect of missions, because when a person is going, they are not only speaking a message, but they are living a message before people. In fact, the truth is, is that how we live speaks louder than what we say. Otherwise, if we preach a message of the goodness of God, but we ourselves are living a life that betrays that belief, then our message is powerless. But our message gains power and authority as we walk in line with the word of God. And so your life and my life are, the Bible refers to them as epistles, living epistles. People look at us and they can hear a lot of things even when we're not talking. And it's very important that we remember that. Being a missionary is more than simply going to another country and telling people about Jesus. It's about living a life that honors God. It is about allowing the message of the gospel to permeate every part of our life and of our family. God desires for you and me 
to understand what really matters to the Lord. It's very interesting that in this scenario, when Jesus was doing this, this was just about before he ended up dying on the cross. And he looks at uh, his disciples and he says, you don't understand now uh, what I'm doing, but someday you will. I believe that there are things that God does in our hearts and in our lives that we do not understand at the present time. But as we continue walking with Jesus, spiritual light bulbs go off. We're like, oh, now I understand what God was trying to tell me last year. But sometimes we don't get that revelation if we don't follow through on what God has asked us to do. A very key characteristic of a child of the living God is to be humility. God wants us to be humble. In those days, the people would come off of the streets that were very dusty. They would have uh, generally sandals on. And as they would come in, there would be a servant that would be prepared to wash the feet of the guests. The servant would come over and would uh, take off your sandals, would wash your feet, and you would enter the house so that you wouldn't be tracking all this dust and dirt in the house. And that was a common courtesy, that you would have your feet washed uh, by the servant of the house. So now the disciples are coming in, and instead of a servant being called, Jesus wraps a towel around himself, grabs the basin, and he says, oh, yeah, go ahead and have a seat. I'll take care of you. I'll wash your feet. This was so out of the norm because the master of the household wouldn't do that. The master of the household would have a servant that would do that. And, you know, in the natural realm, when you're in a leadership role, if you have someone to do stuff for you, uh, there's a sense of, of, of pride that we can develop where, oh, I don't do that kind of stuff. I've got someone else that takes care of that for me. But in this situation, Jesus bows down to wash the disciples' feet. Now, Peter seemed to always have something to say. And so Peter had something to say in this situation as well. And he says to his master, now, keep in mind, this is after three years of being with Christ. He's been with Jesus for a long time. Jesus has had a lot of things to say to Peter. And Peter's had some lessons that he has learned. But even still, it amazes me how bold Peter was in, in speaking with Jesus. Instead of trusting that Jesus knew what he was doing by now, he looks at Jesus and says, you are not. You are not washing my feet. He says, even using the words in, from the text, never, ever, never, ever. You're not doing it. I've decided in my mind, you will not wash my feet. But there was a bigger issue there because Peter had not yet learned the lesson of one of the key characteristics of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. He was not yet ready to be a missionary because he did not have yet an understanding of a humble heart. And Peter still had lessons to learn just moments before the crucifixion. I just wonder if Jesus, in the middle of all that he was going through, ever thought to himself, boy, I wish I had a few more days with these guys. There's still some lessons to be learned. And so he says to Peter, 
He says, Peter, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Now, this is very important for every single one of us here today. Because you and I need to be able to receive from the Lord before we can give. The Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. What pride does is pride keeps us from even receiving the grace of God. Pride tells us that we can do it of our own, and I don't need anybody to help me. There are people who literally have help that is made available to them, but they refuse to receive it because they don't want to appear weak and they don't want to appear helpless. And yet the reality is, is they desperately need the help. They are weak and they are helpless, but they just don't want to admit it. And that might be challenging in a natural way where someone may not receive a certain level of material help, but how critical that becomes now when we're dealing in the spiritual realm. When a person who believes that they've got it all together and they say, I don't need any help from you. That's okay. I've got this on my own. When in reality, they don't have it at all. They just want to have this front. They want to save face. They want to look good to other people. But part of humility is receiving help. A missionary friend who was teaching one of my Bible college classes named Mike Luton, he would share this story with us, that as he was ministering in this very poor area, as serving at the time as the pastor of this small church, the people in his congregation were farmers, and so he would have some who uh, had chickens and, and eggs, and so instead they didn't have really much money because they would deal more with trading things. And they were very poor folk, didn't have much at all. But for their uh, first fruits, their first portion of what they would give to God of their tithe, they would bring a little bag of eggs to the church. And they would give that to the pastor. And he said in his heart, he said his initial reaction was, I don't need these as much as you do. Why don't you keep them? And God spoke to his heart and said, you need to humble yourself and you need to receive the blessing because as you receive that blessing, not only will I bless that family that is giving because that's God's word, but that he would also teach this missionary a lesson that we need to rely on each other. God has had to teach me that lesson at times because there are certain things that I enjoy doing, but I need to rely on others because we are a part of a body. It's very important. Peter did not feel that he needed Jesus to wash his feet. But Jesus made it very clear, if I don't wash your, your feet, I ha you have no part with me. Now, this is very important for all of us to understand. Have you allowed Jesus to wash your feet lately? Okay, just ponder on that for a minute. 
Now, obviously, we have a different culture, and we don't have dusty roads. Thank God for asphalt. Thank God for concrete. But they didn't have that kind of stuff back then. So dust was all over the place. So foot washers are kind of out of date. But there are other needs that we would hire a servant to do, wouldn't we? Think about it. You don't have to say anything. But what are some of those things that you would pay someone else to do in your house? Something that you would prefer not to do. God desires for you and I to understand that true humility is, first of all, receiving what God has for us. And many times he gives it through people. And we have to be willing to say thank you and receive it. Now, think about this for a minute. And this is always a difficult thing. But when someone pays you a compliment, how do you respond? Think about that for a moment. Do you get all uncomfortable? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. And you just kind of brush it off and and turn change the subject, you know, just no, 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 you're too much and just kind of move on with it. The Bible says we are to encourage one another. If that encouragement is going to find a home, it needs to be received. Now, I'm not talking about flattery. That's different. But when someone comes to you and they bless you with a compliment, receive it in the name of the Lord. Don't brush it off. Don't feel awkward. Give the credit to the Lord, but receive it. And simply say, thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. I appreciate that. Nothing wrong with that. And as you now received, now you have a compliment to give in return. So now the spirit of the Lord wants to bless someone else through you. So now you can go to someone and say, you know what? When you sang that song, it ministered to my heart. Thank you. And in turn, that person can say, well, thanks for your encouragement. I'm so glad it blessed you. But we have to be willing to give and receive. I'm going to be honest with you. I've had people, not, not in this congregation, so another congregation. <laughs> but I've had situations that were so clearly where there was a need that was needed. And a person who did not, um, they did not want to make the need known at all. And so they would tell their friend, and their friend would come tell me, oh, this person has a great need. But they don't want you to know, and they don't want anybody to know. And so the friend would be asking on their behalf, not wanting their friend to know that they were asking on their behalf. And, uh, and so what, what's needed? Well, they need this, and they need that, and they need the other thing, but they don't want to ask for it. And this is my response. Until you're in a position where you're willing to ask, 
you're not yet ready to receive. I know that may seem hard. But if you're too proud to ask, you're going to be too proud to receive it. And I'm not interested in giving indirectly to make sure that nobody else knows what the need is so that you end up getting your need met and nobody was relied on to be able to help you. That's not how it works. We need each other. If you need help, you got to ask for it. The scripture says, ask and you shall receive. Humble yourself. It's okay to be in need. We all need something. We need to humble ourselves, and then we receive from the Lord. But what happens is if we develop an attitude, you know, I've never had to ask anybody for anything, and I'm about to keep it that way. That may sound nice to you, but what that is, is it's pride. It's saying, I don't need to rely on anybody else. But we need to rely on others. We need to rely on each other. And the sooner that God breaks through that, the sooner we'll have peace. Peter had that attitude. And he was telling Jesus, Jesus, you don't have to do my, wash my feet. And Jesus said to him, uh, then you won't have any part with me. And then Peter uh, says, well, then wash my hands and my head as well, not just my feet. And Jesus said, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. Now, God knows those areas that are not yet taken care of in our lives. Peter, everything else was clean. Everything was fine except the feet. The issue was humility. And so God wants us to learn the lesson of humility. Missions. The greatest part of missions is us representing Jesus. So here's a couple key questions that you need to answer. Number one, have you allowed Jesus to wash your feet lately? And Jesus may look a little different than you expect. He may be the person who is sitting in this church that loves you and cares for you, that wants to bless you, and you have to be willing to receive it. Jesus may look like someone who is your neighbor who wants to bless you as well. Be willing to receive it. And then the next question is, have you washed someone else's feet in the name of Jesus recently? And I'm not necessarily meaning that you have taken a basin and a towel and gone up to someone who, uh, who, 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 who you know needs help and just sat there and washed their feet. That might not necessarily be what they need. They'd probably be like, what are you doing? But maybe if there's a, a person who is not feeling so well and they can't get out and mow their lawn and you go over and knock on the door and say, I'd be happy to mow your lawn for you. That sounds like foot washing to me. You're being a blessing. Oh, I know you can't cook a meal tonight. I'd be happy to cook you a meal. I know you don't have a ride to church. Uh, I'd be happy to go out of my way, leave my house a little bit earlier, come pick you up. Sounds like foot washing to me. Being willing to be a blessing. We need to bless one another. So Jesus said these words, 
do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. God wants a lot of foot washing to be going on in this church. And his heart is that we be connected by relying on one another. As we see needs, we fill them. You had three people stand up here who represent great needs. Opportunity for foot washing right there. And let the Spirit of the Lord guide you in doing your part. He then says this, I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Do you want the blessing of the Lord in your life? Obey what Jesus has told us to do. And as you do, you're going to see God supernaturally open the windows of heaven to bless your life. It's what he said. God, these are the words of Christ. God will bless you for doing them. He'll bless you. God looks down and he sees, oh, they're washing someone's feet. I'm going to bless that person. As you go out of your way to be a blessing, you will be blessed. Proverbs 11.25 says this. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Maybe your feet are a bit dirty and you can't reach them for whatever reason. And that represents some area in your life where you just can't keep up with things. Maybe your schedule's out of whack. Maybe your bills are out of whack. Maybe there's something that is just not working right. Your feet are dirty. You need a servant to come and serve you. Because at the moment, you can't serve yourself. If you could, you'd have done it. But you can't because of whatever situation is, is challenging you. Either you've got too much going on in your life or you've got too many bills and too little money or whatever the situation is. Find someone else's feet and wash them. And you watch God send a foot washer your way. I've seen it over and over again. What you sow, you will reap. God blesses those who do it. Not just talk about it. We're talking about it here. You're sitting, I'm talking, you're listening. This isn't where the foot washing is going on immediately. Where the foot washing happens is when you actually get out the towel and the basin and you get the job done. And as the Holy Spirit, even throughout this coming week, speaks to your heart to minister to someone by washing their feet, by providing something for them that they cannot provide, perhaps for themselves, or it stretches them too much, God will bless you for doing it. He will. That's his promise. Many times when we get overwhelmed or depressed, there's a tendency to close ourselves in. I speak for myself. 
I feel overwhelmed by a situation, it's easier to become a little turtle, put my head in, my feet in, and kind of have my own little pity party. But actually what God wants me to do is he wants me to go wash someone's feet. He wants me to help someone else that is battling the same things I'm dealing with. And you'll find out when you're going through a real tough time and you reach out to someone else that's going through a tough time as well, there is ministry that happens in that meeting. And the Holy Spirit will minister to you in that moment of you being obedient. Missions work. It begins right in your own backyard. As you reach out and you care for those who are in need, not only will God bless you, but he's going to expand your territory and he's going to give you an opportunity to impact even more people for his sake and for his glory. My heart's desire is that every single one of us will be not just what we call followers of Jesus, but that we will actually be followers of Jesus and that we, we will be obeyers of his word because that really makes the difference. When you're living out the word of God in Springfield and the surrounding area, that's where you're going to see things happen for the glory of God. So I want to encourage you. If you are used to being in your own bubble, you're used to paying for your own things, having your own servant take care of this, having this covered, and you don't want anybody else knowing that you have a problem. I know it's not easy. But start with someone that you trust and share with them your need. And start with prayer. Would you pray with me? Because I'm struggling in this area. And I need help. The difficult thing is, is when you're going through something, and I've seen this many times, friends, is that people want people to help them without them asking. And then they begin to complain about it because no one's helping them. I'm going through this and that and the other, and it just seems like nobody cares about me. Nobody's helping me. And yet at the same time, they're not willing to share the need. We have to humble ourselves and then we can receive the blessing. We also have to humble ourselves to be a blessing and then God will help us and we will reap the blessing that we have sown into other people's lives.